Welcome to Talking in Stations, the St. Patrick's Day edition. I am Matterall here with Caleb. How are you doing, Caleb? Hey, guys. We have Rundle here, off screen. Good evening, everyone. And uh, joining us today is our Irish friend. We have one. Actually, we have two. <laughs> but this is actually one Irish friend. The other one's on staff. And this is Clotur Rayliard. Raylard. How do you say your name? Hello. <laughs> Slanja. Just say Clodor. 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 Is, is something happening today that it's important that we have an Irishman? <clears throat> National holiday. Uh, it's it's basically Madderall. He went out uh, <clears throat> leprechaun hunting and he actually caught one. I don't know if he's <laughs> tried to shake him yet and see if he can actually, if he's got gold somewhere. Something, something <laughs> about chasing well, snakes out of Ireland and... Uh, yeah. Yeah, they're completely infesting Delve these days. <laughs> I was going to ask, how do you save us? That's the Ouroboros. Shot, shots fired. Shots fired. So there's a few things about St. Patrick's Day that I heard recently from our friend Abby, uh, who's also Irish. He said that uh, St. Patrick's wasn't actually from Ireland. He was Ooh. from Wales or somewhere like that. And... Uh, I don't know if it's a myth or not, but he scared away the snakes from Ireland and took them out. No, he was doing um, uh, Imperium propaganda quite effectively, really. Hmm. He basically noticed that there was no snakes, and then he claimed uh, ownership of having a rid island of snakes. It's really smart. It's, right. it's very early hedging. Do that. Oh, yeah. Did you say edging My, or hedging? Not it. Matter all. I didn't even know. Not push to talk. I, I didn't even know what that means. But uh, you look radiant. Hedging. You look radiant because you were just glowing there for a second. So whatever spotlight you turned on was like making you look all uh, angelic. Okay. That's hedging. That's the browser. <laughs> the browser. Hedging maybe. Hedging's maybe hedge schools. You know, when the Brits ban. And all their practices, we had to teach schools and hedges. Two Irish didn't get the joke. <laughs> anyway, welcome to the show. Today, we're going to talk a little bit about EVE Online at some point here. Uh, but first, I want to tell you that just a few minutes ago, we finished a show called Quarantine in Stations, where we talk about uh, COVID and how it's affected the world a year later. We did uh, Quarantine in Stations. We did about three episodes a year ago. So this was our anniversary episode uh, to talk with uh, uh, Tiberius and Lula, who are uh, pro health professionals and also very familiar with uh, the happenings over the last year. So great episodes, stuff that I'm super proud of. I'm glad we did it a year ago and we're on top of the situation for our fans and for our friends. It's basically our uh, TIS uh, real-life community stuff. We also do things like watch uh, the Oscars together when, when we remember. We do things like watching the Eurovision, which is uh, coming up in May. And since we have uh, increased our number of euros, I'm really hoping that we can uh, do that and, uh, and, and sit there and make fools of ourselves. And we watch politics, and we even watched the uh, uprising in the United States uh, a few times. Actually, where I, I actually even in uh, on the sixth when there was uh, insurrection, we watched that live. We do all kinds of stuff here. We're like a nerve center of the world for ourselves. And 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 the quarantine in station thing was almost, I think, a little bit like therapy because everyone was just shocked at the whole changing of reality. Yeah. So. 
also people really a, needed to talk and, and, and vent and, yeah. and get some frustrations out. Also today was a reaction stream that you did earlier, Caleb. What was that about? Well, the CCP uh, has been like gifting us these past few weeks. Like every time we think we're about to run out of stuff to talk about uh, when it comes to Eve, they just drop more stuff in our face. And uh, they, they did an announcement of some quality of life changes. Um, this is one of those, uh, uh, as far as I'm informed, it's, uh, it's a little bit of CCP Aurora thing, I, I believe. Uh, some of those uh, smaller changes that uh, the community have asked for quite a lot of times and where I, I think we mentioned that it, it seems like it's some of those changes where they have put them on a list of mm, let's do this as fast as possible if it doesn't mess up anything for other players. And uh, yeah, we got them. And uh, one of them is actually one of the things that it, okay, you know the whole wormhole of, by the way, and, and the wizards that live in those things and they ask for weird stuff that the rest of us don't understand why they ask of uh, CCP, and this was one of them. They wanted uh, to be able to have more clones uh, in the same station so they don't have to have, like, 10 structures to have 10 clones. And CCP finally decided to say that's actually not a bad idea. We can make life a little bit easier for them so uh they got this and then let's see how the rest of us can actually use this and and utilize it it's a it's a pretty decent reaction show with some very uh smart wormholers that's talking about wormhole stuff that i don't understand anything of all right cool uh so that's what's gone on today and now it's time for some eve news we're going to talk to rocket x here in just a second i'll, I'll bring him up uh but first i want to say thanks to rocket x for subscribing along with roberto and Devious Citizen gave out a bunch of, uh, what do you call those things? Gift subs. So that's really nice of you to do that for the stream and for the people who are watching it. And thank you guys for subscribing. Um, and also for our Patreons who help us out every month. Uh, Patreon.com slash Matterall. That's what puts this all together. Besides the brain trust, we need the resources. Thank you. Okay, uh, let's grab Rocket X and bring him in here because uh, we'll use that as the headline today. Can you dra drag him in? Yeah, sure. And I also uh, need to inform you that we have another potential uh, surprise uh, guest showing up to talk about something quite relevant uh, when it comes to charities. So uh, Rain uh, Chocolate might be joining us uh, after we've talked to Rocket. All right, cool. Uh, so joining me now is... Oops, uh, we lost our Irishman. We can't continue without our Irish guy, uh, Couture, so I'll bring him back. There you are. Uh, don't don't fall out. <laughs> okay. Don't how, run away. How you doing? It's like chasing those goblins in, in Diablo. It's my treasure goblin. <coughs> how you doing, Rocket? All good, guys. How are you? Really good. Happy St. Patrick's Day. That's the thing, isn't it? It's not anymore. It's like 20 past midnight oh, here on the next right. day. Yeah, you're, you're beyond. <laughs> We're still celebrating it for you. Um, first of all, let's introduce you, uh, Rocket X. Um, you were somebody who was first known to most EVE players as a whale hunter from Pandemic Legion that was absolutely lethal in... Uh-oh, it starts with a D... Derelict. Derelict. I kept, like, Declan kept coming in, and then I was like, it's not derelict, it's not devoid. It is. Oh, watch your open mic there when you type, by the way, Caleb. Um, so you were known as a lethal hunter. You had that whole region on lockdown, so anybody trying to get through that uh, kind of had to, like, fear the Reaper, and that was you and your crew. 
at the time it was was it wrecking crew yeah yeah like uh 20 ish guys at the time so about 20 guys okay um but then you uh seemed to like disappear lay low for a while and you re-emerged as an actual leader of other players much bigger than 20 uh you became the leader of is it is it still wrecking crew yeah so i mean my kind of history goes back to all the way to like 2005 i've been leading corp since like 2008 uh and i was like what 16 in 2008 so you can imagine how that went down right (laughs) telling 50 year olds what to do i love that yeah they don't they they didn't go down very well put it that way (laughs) but um so i ended up so i formed few in like 2010 which is my own alliance uh and then kind of went through uni and wasn't playing much and basically told my guys i'm having fun doing the whole university thing and partying too much and not going to be around. Uh, and my, and so I said to them, right, we'll go do your own thing. Uh, I'll come back when I come back and we'll reform when it happens. Um, the guys eventually, I kind of came back, got semi-active a bit, then jo- ended up joining PL and merged my own corp into Sniggerly. Um, was in PL for like three years. Um, ended up being a Snig director and working with um, uh, Graf, Elise, Headliner, the names that you'll know. Mm-hmm. Um, and, a, mm-hmm. and a fair few others. Um, uh, and then, I don't know, I kind of like burned out in PL and um, it just, uh, my heart wasn't in it anymore. Like, because I, I, most of my guys, were, we're all, we've always been hunters. So uh, what we did was kind of deployed like half of our Titans to PL and did the deployment thing. Uh, and then, kept the rest of the stuff wherever we were hunting at the time uh but when i when i dropped out of pl we reformed few properly um got working with uh some guys in the local area and that's where wrecking crew really really became a thing and, and took off from there uh it, it, we got big basically when um we dropped a keep star pretty much and then realized that hang on we we live in direct bridge range of provi and they have 10 times the number we do uh, and then started fighting them, and it went from there. And obviously, to defend a keep star, you need a shitload of numbers. Um, it did get shot once. Um, Snuff came and put it into structure, uh, bat phoned in it, brought them all the way down from Fountain with about 100 Titans. Uh, if you remember that one, it's uh, yeah. it was the fight where, well, the non-fight where uh, Test sided with RC and alongside Frat as well that they were at war with at the time um, to go and shoot Snuff. Yeah. Uh, and we sent stuff in it packing. That was an extraordinary moment, very notable, and it flipped everybody out. Well, the hilarious part is that, um, so I actually spoke to Vili before I spoke to any of my normal kind of PanFam contacts because that was the, the ace in the pack, pretty much. Um, so we, we'd already made the decision that we weren't going to form for the armor timer because we wouldn't be able to get anything in place quickly enough to do any damage uh, without getting nowhere. So we just delayed it for the structure timer. But basically, uh, like, really myself and, and PandaFam leadership knew that uh, either Snuff was going to try and kill the keep and lose some Titans doing it, or they would just blue ball. And obviously they blue balled when they worked out that, that Test wasn't flying with them on, on Imperium side. Um, so yeah, it was, it was a bit of an interesting. But that's, that's me kind of history and, and what, why RC got so big anyway. Yeah. Yeah, and again, going back to that moment, because I think it's kind of an interesting moment, even in retrospect, because that was a... Remember, the Imperial Legacy Coalition was a thing, the Super Coalition at that time. And so when they 
uh, didn't fight for the side you would have expected, it was uh, kind of interesting. And I think people were shocked because of that. Or they were flipped out because, hey, is there some wiggle room here between uh, basically Vili and Matani? And now we know like what that looks like on a grander scale. So kind of interesting. But uh, turning it back to you, uh, you took out uh, Providence. I think you were there having some fun living in the region uh, and they actually couldn't really keep up the fight anymore and took off. So this kind of, this region kind of fell into your lap. How has that been going? Uh, so, I mean, it was kind of interesting because um, we didn't actually take the region from Provi. We had about 15% or something of the systems out there. Uh, and they basically realized that they'd lost military control of the uh, of the region that we were kind of we, we had capital superiority and were starting to contest them not only in our own time zone but in their prime as well in our weakest time zone uh, and it just snowballed they realized they lost control and probably leadership had the choice of well we either live here with ultimately wrecking crew's permission and blessing because otherwise you know we could have kicked them out at that point uh, and uh, then it, it was kind of snowballing and then the whole war thing started. So we, we stepped in and said that we'd go and fight with Pappy and deployed all the Titans to Delve. Um, so the, our entire Titan fleet was, was deployed at the time we ended the Provi conflict. Um, and uh, all of their backphones kind of, so they used to, generally the way it went was it would be just Provi and RC and then Provi would backphone Legacy and we'd backphone Horde and then the whole thing just turned into a massive shit show. Um, it, it it didn't go too badly. Um, it was just that they they realised that the game was up and evacuated, leaving an empty region to us. So we took it, fortified it, um, put jump bridges all over the place so that we can get pretty much anywhere within five jumps, um, and then uh, just started making fat stacks, basically, just because we can. And we obviously straddle low second null at the moment, so it's pretty decent. Um, we don't really get a lot of. I mean, we've had to, RC has, has deployed to, uh, we've we've been in Great Wildlands, we've been in Immensia with small contingents of alliances, um, in and out of catch, up into bleak lands, just because we've, we, you know, there's no content just sitting on our doorstep now, so we have to go a bit further, but we are expanding our borders. Uh, we now own all of Provi, um, a few systems in catch. We dropped a keep star in Lamar, which is uh, oh, in the right. warfare zone direct range of, of Snuff's Lantern Fort to give us some staging up there that's that's going to be viable. Um, but yeah, just expanding at the moment and, uh, and, and, and arming up for, for what's to come. Yeah. What's that meme where something falls into your lap really quickly? Like, and now something, now region? I didn't have it at the... I had it a second ago, but I forgot what it was. Like instant, instant region or something. Um. But yeah, you've done a whole bunch of stuff since then, and including that Keepstar that went up in Lamar, which is very interesting. That went up just a week ago or so, right? Yeah, we, we wanted to see if... Um, the main reason we did it was because we just wanted to see if Snuff would actually have the balls to fight in USTZ, and obviously they didn't because they'd have been outnumbered like 8-1 to one or something stupid. I think that fight's brewing. Uh, can you tell us about that? <laughs> What's going so, on between you and Snuff? Uh, well, they're kind of they're they're looking for friends to to uh, come and shoot us. Um, but the kind of conversation starts with uh, how do you uh, what's your relationship with RC, uh, and then goes from there, right? Um, but they've actually been some of the people they've been messing messaging is actually us. So it's like they don't even know who's an RC <laughs> and who isn't. 
So they'll message someone and be like, oh, what's your standing with RC? And they just won't reply. And it's just like, okay, well, it's clear that, that whatever Snuff wants to do, they didn't have enough numbers. So we figured that we'd go drop a uh, we'd go drop a Keepstar and see if they were up for it. And they weren't. Um, I think Lantern went up to like four people and we formed like near enough 700. Hmm. Didn't they um, just get a lot of friends recently? They've got, um, they're working with uh, Laser Star. Hawks and Hard Knocks. Oh, that's uh, right. Yeah, that, I mean that's their friend. I mean Israad is uh, Israad. Israad's a, a small court with 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 decent people in it. But if you're looking at like have they gained significant numbers, snuff themselves? No. Um, but their allies make it interesting, and they have been making it interesting for Siege Green and AU time zone. And obviously, there's very little we can do to assist there, regardless of the fact that we've got a staging keep up there, just because we're either at work or asleep in, in AU time zone. Now Israad's an interesting sure. group because they were also in Pandemic Legion with you. How did you and Israel get along? Uh, so I get along with Penif quite well. Um, we we were in PL together and like the kind of internal version of Wrecking Crew in PL was called Wrecking Legion. Mm-hmm. And uh, he and I kind of did that together. He used to do the, uh, you know, go through wormholes, do stuff far away. So like away from deployment or they, you know, we'd go invade someone and they'd camp the stuff moving out. Uh, we tend to provide a bottleneck kind of near where we were staged in general and kind of hunting the same bottlenecks uh whereas pnf would kind of follow deployment around and go after particular hostiles so the balance worked really well um obviously as i as i left pl he carried on doing it and he he still does it now i mean you'll you'll see every now and again you can tell when a penis smash dunk goes down because it's yeah. just like immaculately uh, executed and uh and lots of dead supers um but yeah good good man that's right good cop What's your relationship lately with uh, Domain Research and Mining Institution, or most people know them as Arton, uh, from their ticker? What's uh, going with them? Because you guys are pretty heavily uh, kind of coupled at the waist for the Pravi port, right? So They're a member of RC. Hmm? Arton is a member of RC. In fact, their, their, their exec is one of our directors. Gotcha. Okay. That's a you know, well, for me, that was unclear because, you know, they have their own alliance, right? So. Yeah, well, RC is kind of like that. We're we're kind of a a coalition made up of smaller alliances. Right. So whereas like Legacy's got what like eight nine alliances in it, something mm-hmm. like that. Um, RC's got more like twenty, and we're like a third of the size of Legacy. That's probably um, why it's a little harder to keep track, right? At least for the the general person on the outside. Which yeah, yeah for sure. Suits you guys. That suits you guys for sure, right? Yeah, I mean, it, I mean, if you look at the map, you, okay, if you look at the kind of soft map that people have made that that says Wrecking Crew on it, then you'll know it's us. But if you look at like the different, if you actually look at the soft map, you'll just see random small alliances. Um, but there is actually kind of a, a coalition structure behind it and a shared command structure and Intel and Spicec, which I'm sure we'll get onto in a moment, and uh, a few other bits and pieces um, that we that we do together. But we, we we you know we form together probably every day of the week, um, most days, in 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 all time zones. So uh, put a few hundred people in the fleet. Excellent, thanks. Right. So, is it going to be interesting uh, to be on the opposite side? Because I can kind of see something happening here between Wrecking Crew and uh, Snuff. Is it going to be is it going to be a problem to have your former ally or comrade Pnif Smash on the other side of that? No, Pnif was on the other side of this last time they shot the they shot our keep star in Kamal, and uh, he had to take the same God knows how many mids at home mid term it was with the rest of them. So 
All right. We'll see how that plays out. Okay, so you also uh, did something else. You caught a spy a while ago. This was a few weeks ago, and you made a very public display of kicking him. Uh, you said he was from Initiative, and you knew about uh, things going on. Can you just explain what happened there and how it relates to today's events? Yeah, so um, I made, it was actually a Discord post that I made. What you, what you actually saw on Reddit was someone in my alliance reposting it to Reddit. So it wasn't, oh, I see. It wasn't, wasn't written for Reddit, no. Um, but... Uh, Basically, we, we we had some intel that um, uh, and a few tools that told us that our stuff was being relayed. So we turned on and off people's access, sent pings out, um, try and saw what response we got, see if people formed, watch, you know. So we, we thought we had a, an init spy in our FC channel. So we pinged shit in our FC channel, uh, like, oh, let's go reinforce init solve at this time. And then we wait to see if init's numbers change or if they ping or what have you and whatever. Um, so yeah, uh, it, uh, uh, it turned out we got him and, uh, kicked him and made an example. Um, and amusingly, uh, so, I mean, it, it had the immediate intended effect, right? Cause there, you don't post shit on Reddit when you, when you burn spies, the only reason that you do it is to scare other people and either give them, give them an idea of, of the stuff that you can do, but not tell them how the, how you do it. And it means that it keeps spies guessing and makes the, the level of kind of Paranoia. the spy that you need to be to exactly yeah and i mean for example i mean we had uh, i think it was seven people that we had that we were watching that we knew were relaying and out of the seven four of them pulled their relays um and changed their uh changed their discord logins mm -hmm. to reset their um tokens that's funny so do you watch uh do you sometimes leave spies in and watch their behavior over time or as soon as they're detected do you kick them uh, we don't, it depends what it is and if it's like an immediate threat. Um, if it's something that's in a secure channel, then they go pretty quickly. Uh, if it's someone that's not, then we um, leave them and then send them fake pings. Like they'll get pings that no one else gets um, and they'll wonder what's going on. Um, obviously, nothing's going on, but they don't know that. They don't realize they're the only one getting the ping. Uh, so it's quite it's quite fun to kind of lead them on a merry-go-round and... Uh, uh, and play that game, but I mean, when you when you know you have a spy, you can use it against people, right? When when you when you don't know or you're not sure, then you have to act like you have spies anyway. But when you know for sure that you have one, mm -hmm. you've got control of the situation again. Um, which, which is what you did by leaking wrong information out. Yeah, like yeah. repeatedly. To I mean, we had no intention of going and reinforcing it in itself. Like we don't give a shit, right? Mm -hmm. uh, they can do what they want, um, but. Uh, they uh, they went for it. They reacted to it, and they burned him. Awesome. All right. So uh, something came up today. Uh, I haven't I haven't looked into it. I just saw it in my news my news feed that gets people put in information into a news feed. That talking in stations, we have a bunch of people that go out and get information, and they kind of pile it in. And I've been away, so I wasn't really able to read this. But something happened today. Can you tell us what it was about you and um, another spy? Yeah. So. Uh... This one didn't get kicked before he managed to do anything. Um, so uh, basically, we this guy cropped up like a couple of weeks ago over something else. So we've been watching him since. Uh, got some more intel about 2 p.m. Eve time yesterday afternoon that something was going on. Uh, RC command executives and, and director teams looked into it um, throughout the course of the night last night, confirmed it this morning, and asked the CEO to kick him. Uh, and uh, the CEO didn't get back to us for like seven eight hours and in that time the guy logged in and 
uh, transferred a load of that corp's structures um, to an alt corp. Um, the losses that we've we've seen at the moment, I mean, it, somehow, I don't know how, and I never give anyone director access in my corpse, but this guy had full director access. So he was able to transfer and basically empty a lot of the hangars. Um, from your corp? The, no, no, oh, no, okay, no, okay, from okay, my corp. It's I just see, a, this see, is okay. this is a, a corp a corp within an alliance that's within wrecking I crew. see. You were showing yourself as a contrast, as an example of what you don't. What, yeah, like that. I never give never get direct trials, but this this guy had this guy you know had that trust thing. Um, so they uh, they they transferred. Uh, I think it was like about eighteen, nineteen structures, something like that, uh, including like one faction fort and four, four, five normal ones, something like that, um, hmm. which are now reinforced because we're killing them. Uh, they tried to ransom them, but I mean, you know, we don't really whatever. They're just gonna <laughs> die. They're already reinforced, um, so. Um, we're just we're just cleaning up and moving on quickly. Um, apparently, uh, so the estimated loss from the corp, from what I'm hearing, is like around about 100 bill in BPOs. Um, and I don't know what else has gone, but apparently there was no kind of heavy ship caches, no caps or anything like that. When um, they also pulled the fits from the structures as well, as far as I'm aware, or maybe some of, at least the ones that he pulled the fit, the, the expensive one was he pulled the fit from the Satoyo uh, in, in one of our staging systems uh, and also the clones as well. So probably a few clones got popped. Yeah. Um, uh, there was on the Reddit post, it says 350 bill. I'm not really sure where that figure came from. I don't know if it's, I mean, it could be accurate, but I don't think it's that high from what I can tell at the moment. Um, the, um, uh, and a lot of it, they can't sell anyway because it's in structures. Is, is this a turncoat or an actual spot? It's an, you got cut out there, I think. Didn't they also get some blueprints or is that fake news? The, the BPOs, mm. the, the Titan BPOs that are on the Reddit post, they're not real. That, that's, they're not ours. I mean, it, they probably are real in game, but uh, they're not ours. No, uh, the, that corp doesn't have any Titan BPOs. I'm sure they wish they did, but uh, maybe not right now, but for sure. Um, but uh, yeah, those BPOs aren't legit from what I can tell. There are some cap component BPCs, BPOs in there, um, but it was mainly the, the cache was mainly designed for building like freighters and dreads and whatever there was no real we've, we've not built supers for like a year and a half because like you'd be dumb to build supers right now because it'll cost mm. you like 105 build to build an Erebus and they sell for like 80 so there's no titans in build because we'd literally be costing it would cost us money to build them like to the tune of like 20 billion a hull so as far as i know nobody was building if they are if they were building there they were a moron because they were thrown away isk but as far as we know, nothing was nothing significant was building in there. Was it an old spy uh, character, or that's been there for a long uh, time? He'd or... been in. He'd been in like eight months, eight months, right. and he got given director access. But this is the thing. So, RC wise, on our off and all our kind of comms and integrations and stuff, the guy was like a line member. The, the, the spy was a line member, had no real significant access. But the the the, the leader of that court, the CEO. Uh, trusted the guy and gave him director access, but none of us knew he had director access. So when we were doing the whole kind of like he needs to he needs to go sort of thing, no one knew he had director roles except for the CEO. Um, and obviously, we oh, messaged so, the CEO and was like, "Kick him!" So and it then, wasn't so it wasn't really urgent for you necessarily because you didn't know how much 
access he had. We didn't we didn't know that he had director access because why would an eight month old character in one of the one of one of the bigger corps in that alliance have director roles? Um, so none of us assumed it would be as serious as it was. Um, but the CEO has had a, a rough time IRL lately and uh, has been out of town, um, largely uh, pandemic related, unfortunately. But oh. uh, yeah, not ideal. Um, Your best, uh, bye. Yeah, well, I mean, you know, it's a game, isn't it? It happens, and that's yeah. what Eve is. Yeah. But the CEO, um, the CEO himself, was uh, was been intending to take some time out since probably the middle of Feb because some some drama. If you remember, the the previous spy we kicked, Gideon was actually a, a close friend of the CEO himself. Uh, so that kind of like blew a hole in his whole trust thing. And this is kind of like he's done. and he needs to walk away for a bit. That's fine. Mm. Oh wow! So. Um, same corporation uh i believe so yeah wow um the sorry i lost my question i did hear from imperium that gideon the first spy that you kicked and it got to be public and then you pointed a finger at initiative i did hear from imperium that he wasn't actually a spy so do you have like are you concrete on well i mean so part of the way that he actually got burned was because he was a fucking moron. Uh, and I say that because he was, he moved it. He was in our FC okay. channel in Mumble and we had a, uh, like I had a character in, in it comms as well. So I'm, I've got my like laptop next to me on in it comms in one ear and my headset on my head with the other ear. Um, oh my gosh. <laughs> and uh, he was relaying our FC channel to their comms. Uh, so I heard my own voice come through enemy comms. Uh, and then I was like, well, that's odd. So I moved him out of the FC channel and then the relay died. Uh, so obviously, you know, smoking gun, right? That's uh, like, that's, that's, that's before, <laughs> that's before we look at all the other evidence we had. And mm. like the fact that dark shines basically confirmed it to me afterwards. Oh, okay. That's the weirdest, uh, weirdest story of, of, of audio feedback. So, so basically, when, when you're playing EVE Online, you have to first check if it's your audio setting and then if it's your spy network. Pretty much, yeah. Well, the, so I literally, so I, I literally play with, I don't have like a proper like headphones, right? I have like a customer service headset type thing and it's plugged into my PC and my laptop runs a VPN and I use earphones for that. So I've got like a mono headset, I mean, one ear and one earphone in the other, wow. uh, which uh, it isn't great for SEing, I won't lie. It's fucking like massively, you get screwed in the head, right? If you've got two different streams of audio, uh, plus like whatever you're looking at on your screen, right? Yeah, I don't know. I don't know how you multitask so well. Uh, well, I mean, sometimes I don't believe it or not. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, Rocket, thanks a lot for uh, telling us uh, what went on here. If you want to stick around, we're going to talk to Rain next. Uh, Caleb, what, what's introduce Rain and tell us what's going on. I think I will let Rundle do that. Oh, actually. oh I'm yeah, sorry. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Right. Yeah, no, no, no problem. So, you know, I was on Trash Talk Tuesday last night and uh, Rain Chocolate's on there a lot. And Rain's uh, got, uh, you know, lots of people who know her and uh, she does lots of good things. Uh, I know that she's continually doing things for, for charities. And so she has a really good charity. So I figured, you know, um, I thought it would be really nice to bring her on and uh, let her tell her, let, let her tell people, you know, kind of who she is a little bit and then uh, tell a little bit about the, uh, the charity that uh, she's working with right now for the next few days. I just thought it was worthwhile. Um, so welcome, Rain. 
uh, if you want to give us a quick little overview, I know a lot of people know who you are, but uh, for those who don't, please let us know a little bit about yourself. Yeah, hi, I'm Rain. I've been playing since 2014. Started out in Pizza Coalition. Great bunch of folks there. They all rage quit the game, and I went to Low Sec Solo PvP, where I started streaming for about three years. Graduated from that to flying with Black Legion for a year, and now I'm in Pandemic Legion for the last two years. And I currently, instead of flying with Pandemic Legion, I more do war reporting on my streams, as well as raising money for charity. Great. And so what about the most recent charity? Maybe we can talk, uh, well, actually tell us a little about maybe some of the other charities first, and let's go into, then go into the the most recent one. Because you've done this for a while. This isn't just something like you decided yesterday, hey, I'm going to do a charity, right? Yeah. So um, part of my thing was streaming. So I have a pretty nice day job. So streaming to me is a hobby. It's not really anything to make money from. But as part of, you know, being Twitch, like being a Twitch partner as well, um, the fact that, you know, there's a way to make money. So I either have to accept the fact that stuff comes in or just kind of disappears into the void. So what I've done was I decided to use my platform to raise money for charity. So I've done various charities in the past. So last year was raising money for the Australian or the Australian Red Cross to help with the wildfires. I've raised money for local like animal shelters here. Um, I'm a type one diabetic. So I've raised money for the JDRF, which helps type one diabetes research um, and prevention. So I've done just a lot of various charities from all over a lot. A lot of them will be more global, some overseas and then some local, like right in my, my town. Great. And this one here is a little more closer to gaming in general. So can you tell us about the, the current one go through the details? And I think uh, Matt have, can. Do you have a link? Yeah, the link is in. Oh, sorry. Yeah, the link is in the podcast. Yeah, you, you can link it for it. I was just going to set you up. Matt Earl can then <laughs> give the link to everyone listening. Yeah. <laughs> no problem. And yeah. So, Rain, give us a little review of the what's the current one. This is Able Gamers. So Able Gamers is a 501c3 charity. They do a lot of fundraising um, to be able to um, create and build custom controllers for those with disabilities. Um, many, you know, many folks with a disability either, you know, can't use their hands or maybe, you know, they're missing a hand or, you know, functionality of like their fingers and being able to press on the keyboard and mouse and controller, um, all the way up to, um, people who just fully, you know, can only use maybe like their mouth or their eyes. And so they have controller functionality with, um, with both of those. So being able to like control a mouse with, um, being like, I would say like a straw, like a blowing and sucking to move the mouse, um, like Gommel Knox and Eve player has used before. So all of their funding goes towards raising money for controllers. And then they give those controllers to people with disabilities for free. And it's not just creating a controller, like mass producing it and sending it out. They actually work with folks with disabilities to figure out what exactly the disability is like, what, you know, what's the range of motion, um, what do they prefer to use? Do they actually prefer to use their hands if they have them, or do they prefer to use something else to fully build those tools and being able to give it to them? They also do a lot of advocacy for um, disability um, options within games. So the easy example I always throw out there is like colorblind options or subtitles for those who are hard of hearing. Someone else pointed out to me that um, apparently field of view is also a disability option. I never realized that. So being able to zoom your camera out from a game you play so that you may not get motion sick um, a lot of these things uh, folks like us probably may utilize and take advantage of, but we never realize it. So like EVE Online, everyone probably remaps their hotkeys to something different, especially like broadcasting for broadcasting for reps is like the easiest one. Those actually um, help those with disabilities be able to actually play games because then they're able to remap a traditional keyboard and mouse. That's something that can be more utilized for someone with disabilities. 
And this and this charity goes beyond just Eve Online, but you're bringing it to to Eve with your uh, you're doing a a streamer a streaming event, right? Want to give us a few details of kind of what you're doing to support this this charity over the next few days? Yeah, well, I've worked with Able Gamers in the past, and so their chief operating officer, Stephen Spawn, um, actually reached out to me, and he's for his 40th birthday last September, he was wanting to raise one million dollars for Able Gamers. So what he's having. My, folks like myself and others do is create campaigns under, um, I'll say Tiltify. So Tiltify is a donation page that gives all the money directly to the charity so that folks like me, you know, it doesn't go into my PayPal and then I have to transfer. It, it goes directly to the charity. So it offers that safety um, for donators. And so he has a massive campaign up for like, literally the goal is $1 million. Um, he's right at 300,000 right now. So in a month or in six months, he raised 300,000. And so folks like me are going from this weekend, so the 19th through the 21st, so that's the Friday through the Sunday, um, and just streaming, trying to raise money, um, not, and maybe not just raise money, but also to bring awareness and kind of talk about, you know, gaming with folks with disabilities and being more, like, conscious of the fact that, you know, not everyone you play games with may be fully able to play games, you know, like, especially subtitles or in EVE where we're expecting everyone to talk. There are a lot of pay- players who just simply, you know, can't speak, and so they being able to type quickly on a keyboard or and whatnot is is super useful. So I have about half a dozen at least streamers partaking. So it'll be myself, um, Urschleg, Scottish Dex, and Suetonia. We're all going to be streaming Eve. And then Ron is on there as well, but Ron is streaming at his normal time. So he doesn't have like a specific time slot. He will be streaming all weekend per usual. But then we also have folks not streaming Eve. So that's, so that's uh, Drayden, Liara, and Manic. They're all going to be playing, but they won't be streaming Eve. So folks don't like watching Eve. They have, you know, other streamers to support and partake in. Um, so I'm actually coming up with a, like a news post article about it um, right now. So that way folks have a easy place to find, fo- to find individual streaming as well as to find the link, because I know like, I, I think you guys posted it in chat, but sometimes it can get, be kind of intimidating to figure out where exactly you're donating to and how does like, you know, if you want to have a message or if you want to donate towards a goal, like how that, how that all demonstrates on streams and, and whatnot. And these donations go right to Able Gamers Charity directly, right? There's, there's no middle ground on this one. So if you yeah, donate, well, it's going right to them. Yeah, so Tiltify. So in the past, um, sometimes PayPal, you can register a charity in PayPal. So like Able Gamers can have a PayPal. But PayPal takes a pretty decent chunk in fees, even with charities. So Tiltify really minimizes those fees. And then it allows the trust of being able to donate directly to the charity. So like, I think the only other option, um, if you want to donate to the charity, is actually going on Able Gamers' website and donating through there. But if you do that, it doesn't count through Tiltify. Like Tiltify doesn't read it, and so Tiltify allows streamers to be able to show the progress. You know, maybe there's certain milestones or goals that people want to reach for challenges, um, and it demonstrates that without you know charging five percent or more of an overhead fee just to be able to donate to the charity. That's really good. So, um, you know, I think I, you know, I'm really happy that you brought it up last night. I, I like charities like this. I like enabling, uh, you know, people to enjoy whatever game I love gaming and I, I I have soft spot for, for this type of charity. So, um, I was challenging the people listening on, uh, trash talk Tuesday last night to, 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 to donate whatever they can. Um, you have a limit of a thousand dollars. And I think basically last night we got you halfway. Um, and I, if I understand correctly, you can raise that limit over time, but yes. instead of setting like a crazy high limit and missing it, you wanted to be able to step into it. So, um, 
you know, uh, people are listening here to Talking Stations and you can spend a few bucks, uh, spare a few bucks to help some, some folks and help Rain uh, hit that uh, hit that target, I would uh, I would challenge you to do so. Um, so the thousand goal is like kind of my own personal goal. Um, I know, I think Redline said he would try to match the thousand and you think he was going to confirm it, but Dominark is in chat and both Dominark and Redline agreed on Trash Talk Tuesday that if they, that if we reach like 5,000, they would shave their heads. So that's also, that's like a way to entice people. Right. But if I, like you're saying, if I have it outrageously high, like at 30,000 and then they set the goal there at 5,000, then it becomes, you know, like, why is it, you know, that confusion? Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Um, all right. Well, those are kind of my questions. I, you know, I wanted to make sure that because uh, I think you have lots of really good background and the charity's really good. Uh, maybe I don't know, Matterall or uh, or Caleb or Clotur have any questions or Clotur. I only want to know what uh, Rain has been doing uh, all through this war. If she's actually been participating. Is that in a, where have you been all my life, Rain? Kind of. Yeah, voice? exactly. It is where have I, you been all my life, yeah. Rain? <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, Caleb, you're, you're European time zone, but for for a while, I've been streaming. Um, I mean, besides when work picks up, I've been just streaming it. It's been a lot of fun. Like, um, I think the first sort of like real attempt. Not, I don't know if I call it attempt, but the ringing of the dinner bell and M2 tech. Like, I was streaming that for like God, it felt like ten hours or something where. Pappy started to try and get supers out and then they like they weren't getting stopped so they just continued to shoot bubbles and get supers out. I was streaming that. Streamed a couple other things too. Trying to trying to remember like a lot of the keep star timers sometimes. Well, you were streaming way back at the beginning of the war. You were uh, showing Fountain when it was uh yep. being breached basically by uh the Pappy forces early on. And I think you were with Setonia too. I think you probably teamed yeah, up. Yeah, yeah. That was like when there were like a lot of folks streaming. So it was like myself, Ron, Suetonia, Jebby. Like there were, there were a lot of us streaming. We were able to like really kind of, it was nice because we all had different like work slash sleep schedules. So we were able to kind of pass the intel along to everyone. And it was pretty great. Now that the war's kind of slowed down and it's more focused in one specific area, it's a lot um, easier to stay up to date. Um, I know right now Pappy's just been structure grinding. Um, it doesn't seem like there's been a lot of like big fights happening. It's uh, I feel like the war has kind of numbed the entire like Eve community. Like if it if you have a kill mail or not kill mail, excuse me, a battle report that's less than a hundred billion, like nobody cares. I'll, like, t- I'll tell you the truth. We were supposed to do a lot of coverage early on, and uh, we were arranging ourselves, and you know, Sully uh, came aboard, and we started like just kind of getting prepared. And then I looked, and I saw you streaming, saw Ron streaming. Uh, I didn't remember if it was Jebby was streaming. I saw Suetonia streaming and I was listening to you guys and I was like, we, we don't need to, we don't need to stream anything. These guys have it totally down and we can't do a better job. We are incapable. So we actually well, chickened out. <laughs> well, no, like, I mean, that's, that's fair, but like talking in sta- stations does really well at like bringing people on to discuss. Like I love streaming fights live and commentating on them, but I'm never going to have, you know, Vili or headliner or Mitani on my stream to talk to me about things. I'm just going to commentate it. Yeah. I'm just going <laughs> to commentate it live. And then if something happens, people will come into Twitch chat and tell me I'm wrong. And then I can update with the latest information. Like that's, that's why I enjoy it. I feel like I learn a lot and can demonstrate it. Whereas I feel talking in stations does really well. Cause you guys don't sit there and do play by plays of what's happening. You guys sit there and break it down more analytically to say like, Hey, here's why this is happening. Let's bring someone on in the decisions that they're going through and making, you know, like strategies in this fight. 
We yeah, should well, do some sort of uh, chair hopping uh, between all the streamers so, so so we can mix it up a little bit and uh, hand over the baton, as Rain pointed out, that it's nice when you have something like a 13-hour fight. Yeah. Maybe you can take a break and then drop in on one of the other streams and say hi and then go have dinner and stuff like that. Yeah, that'd be nice. You did um, announcing for the Alliance tournament, didn't you? Yeah, I've done um, Alliance Tournament commentary, both player run and AT 15 and 16. Yeah, so it's uh, it was natural for you to depict what's going on on screen because I think a lot of people hear about EVE Online. They hear about the exploits of someone like Rocket X and the remarkable things that they plan and execute. Uh, but then they watch it and they're like, I don't know what to make of this, uh, heads or tails. It's like blue dots, red dots. Uh, it takes someone to describe what's happening and that's uh, what you do. Yeah, for sure. That was one of the reasons I got into tournament commentary because I was streaming all of the fights up to World War B1. So back when like goons were getting blobbed in low sec and all this and that. And then like the weekend right before MTACO, I think it was MTACO, mm-hmm. um, I was streaming those. And I was like, I it was literally like, hey, look, there are these ships. I don't know what they do. And then like Twitch chat was like super chill and helping me. And like they would be like, oh, these ships are doing this reason, blah, blah, blah. And like that's where I really started to learn. And that kind of gave me the drive to do Alliance tournament work, um, or just tournaments in general, I should say. Yeah. So Empower brings it up. Uh, tell us a little bit about the weather reports. Those are the ones. I, I've watched most of those, or come across them anyways. I like those. Are you still doing them? What? Tell us about the weather reports. Oh, my gosh. So I reported on the weather for like four months straight every single day before I finally just like burned out. It was like the weekend between Christmas and New Year's. And I was like, oh my gosh, I don't have to log into Eve today. I'm just going to coast. And so when, I, when I'm when i in game, um, the weather, like the storms move so slowly that I can literally miss a week and still track where they are and what they're doing. Like it's not that confusing with just the eight of them and with them moving like every one to three days. So but yeah, the storms, they've, um, I'm actually really impressed because they ha- we had two in Delve and they seem to have somewhat of an impact, but not as dramatic as I thought it'd be. Like I thought we would be seeing comp changes or like with the gamma storm, people flying, not flying Logi or not bringing Logi. But it seems like some of it, like with the bugs on like the electrical storm, people could still cloak sort of situation, which was kind of frustrating. But for the most part, um, yeah, it's pretty much myself and then Eve Scout who are tracking the storms. And like, I, I mean, I still have a spreadsheet of all the history of me ever tracking it, but yeah, unless CCP does something to change them, I don't think there's really a need to like, you can't, it's very difficult to forecast them more than a couple days out, but then it's also like, there's not much value in updating it every day either. Oh, that's funny. Do you do forecasts? Like, do you look at the map and say, it can't go that way. It can't go this way. It's likely to I go would, this yeah. way. That's awesome. So like when on my stream, I used to have like a ticker. And I would actually track of based on where it was, you know, right? Because it normally shouldn't ever backtrack. So I would track where it should be going next. And I, for, the, for the most part, I was pretty accurate. So it was pretty fun. I wonder if anyone said, okay, put the shutters up. <laughs> We're going to have an electrical storm here. Loki camping's yeah. off for a week. Funny. Yeah, I haven't, I haven't noticed that. The one thing I have noticed is if they, especially the exotic storms, because they increase mining, if they go near like low sec or high sec, I know, I definitely notice the activity is a little bit higher mm-hmm. um, in those spaces. So I think that's pretty great that there are at least, you know, other players who do more Care Bear type activities um, paying attention to them. All right. For both of you advanced players, uh, I'm looking at you, Rain and Rocket X. 
What's your favorite new change to the game and, and tell us about why it's your favorite? Oh gosh, let me think. I'm putting you also, on the spot. I... Yeah, I didn't prep you for this. Uh, Rocket also dropped, by the way. He probably went to bed. Oh, did it? Yeah, it's late his time. Sorry. Here I am talking to him. Couture, are you asleep? Just as veteran, I think, as well. She said she started 2014. I'm 2015. Oh. I don't know. The best change. There hasn't been a good change in a pretty long while, in my opinion. Is there a new mechanic or anything? Do you guys like Marauders? Do you like what they did with them? I, I, I thought I was asking an easy question, but I guess it's not not that easy because there's so many. I do like the fact that the community has been like screaming for a year about the red dots and CCP oh finally removed them. <laughs> like I, I would demonstrate on stream my empty ship. It would have a red dot. I would click it, clear it, and then it would just magically show up again. And it was like so beyond frustrating. And I'm glad CCP finally changed that. This this came up earlier in a previous public Discord, but like people have been screaming at other things for considerably longer amounts of times than a year for a shitty red dot. You know, cloaky cloaky camping for you know a random example. Mm. Well, a red well, dot's a little also easier a difference. to fix. Yeah. yeah, there's a little bit of a difference in 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 how you go about fixing cloaky camping without making the entire game rage. Yeah, a little little different dev time involved in in both those. And uh, no, I'm just saying, you know, a yeah, year yeah, is I, not that long to wait for a feature change in Eve Online. I yeah, don't worry, I've been waiting for Logi on Kill Mails too. I hear that's Just coming. For I mean, a while. <laughs> it, it's, uh, or maybe I haven't heard it's coming, but I've. It, it feels like there is something going on with, um, with kill mail soon. I think I don't know. Was that uh, not something they said at Ron, Fun Fest, like twenty eighteen? Yeah, maybe. Yeah. Just, yeah. Wait, wait, Matt Earl, did you hear like some NDA leaks and you're just trying to pass it off as, oh, haha, don't, don't, really don't, don't put me on the spot, Rain. Don't put me on the spot. Oh, dude, all I ask, like, I feel like if they were changing, putting Logi on kill mails and it got leaked, I feel like nobody should get punished for that. It would yeah. be like the biggest calm to the community ever. I, I, I'm not saying uh, that it's an NDA leak uh, or that I heard anything from any player or staff member at all. Um, but there is a sense that something is coming and the example i heard was like uh logistics is always at the top of that list like show logistics on kill mail so they can get points for participation as far as um pointing at something right because it's so funny for those that aren't that acquainted with eve online when you're applying to a corporation it's like applying to an actual corporation you have to prove that you have a track record and depending on the corporation some some will just take you up no matter what they'll you'll be invited in but some are selective and those want to see what you've done and they look at your kill board as part of that and when it's and it's blank the answer is always I'm a logic pilot I don't shoot things I just repair people who are getting shot and so it's kind of a meme to say hey I'm a I'm a logic pilot but it is it is a massive lapse from CCP that we don't have this to be honest right it it it's such a big thing in in other games when you're talking about healing and support we the fact that we don't have it is just, I think, uh, it's its almost sad. Yeah. yeah. It's difficult. Every other MMO, right. It, it, the equivalent in the other MMOs uh, would be, you know, so let's take some sort of fantasy-based one where you go on a raid and there's some sort of random draw for the loot after killing a boss, uh, but healers aren't included because they didn't do any damage. Right? So every healer, every healer isn't even eligible for the, the raid gear or the high-end gear, right? That, that's exactly, that's in essence, what it's, 
kind of equivalent to. They're just not counted in the process. And it's just sad because it is so important to have a really good healer and uh, in other games. And yeah. they, they get status for being as good as they are. And the fact that we don't really have that capability in EVE is just, it's, it, it's, it's downright dumb because so, yeah. it is just as important in EVE. If you are excelling at what you do, it should be something that can be measured and shown. And the fact that we can't is just, yeah. So, yeah, the holy trinity uh, of, of gaming is alive and well in EVE, right? That's the, the tank, the damage <laughs> dealer, and the healer, right? That's the, there's your holy trinity, and it's, it's here in the game as well. It happens. Uh, they've expanded on it with uh, all the other variations of the ships and stuff. But the, that, I, that core is there. I, I was going to say, I think it's more than just like the kill mail bragging rights too. Like kill mails are such a huge source of intel. And like you can see that from like literally every other reason people use kill mails, right? Besides bragging rights. And if you had logic on kill mails, that's more intel that you can freely use. Not only to be like a better player, but also just intel on the enemy as well. There, there is a downside. If suddenly, suddenly we were able to actually figure out who the really good logistics people were, <clears throat> they might be headshotted. Yeah, and then like I mean, it also reflects on you know part of the fight. So think of from the perspective of you know when does somebody broadcast versus when they receive reps, or maybe they didn't receive reps, and you can see when they started taking damage versus when they actually died and versus when they actually broadcast. You can also see like many, like it's very easy if you ever, like Rocket was talking about spies. If you want to spy in a group and you don't want to do anything important, just send a logi ship and like keep your cap chain up and like just anchor. Like that's all you do. Don't rep anyone. Don't do anything. And then if you're that guy, right? Like you're spying and not really doing anything, just relaying comms, then it's going to be very noticeable when you are not on any kill mails right or maybe you are in a kill mail but it shows like your healing power and it's absolutely nothing right do you dig them out they can't hide there anymore yeah they but you're uh, work. i thought you were a frigate pilot with the uh what's it called the kestrel no not the kestrel the tristan tristan yeah 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 that that's my low sex um, well, hold on a second, thing right? i have like 600 kill mails in the tristan and low sex Funny enough, I thought of you when I got this in the uh, in the mail. It just showed up one day. Uh, oh, oh, that's no. awesome! It's getting not actually. I don't know if you could see that. Yeah, no, that's super cute. It's partially green. Do you like oh, it? That's pretty baller, dude. Yeah, but it's funny. It's made out of a texture that I, it makes me want to eat it. Some what? Kind of, I don't know. It just has like a kind <laughs> of texture where I want to bite it, and I don't understand why. That. Is it one of those things where it's like, is it made out of cake? Like, like you want to yeah. try and uh, it's like Mexican like, candy, bite it on camera? I think. Oh, yeah. <laughs> or I have some kind of a uh, Kronos complex where I want to eat uh, my little ships. All right. I'm getting <laughs> weird. I think it's sleep deprivation. Um, yeah. Anyway, it was, <laughs> it's nice to have you on, Rain. We should have you on more often. Yeah, thank, thank you. you. Thanks for coming. One more time. Uh, challenge everyone to donate to. Uh, the, the charity that Rain is uh, working on this weekend for uh, helping with uh, disabled gaming, disabled gamers. Uh, hopefully, Matt, I'll link the, the link one more time for us and uh, for, for Rain. And uh, thanks very much. Yeah. And remember, if you make it to 5,000, Dominark and Redline will shave their heads. So you guys should definitely donate. <laughs> wow. Can we make them grow more hair <laughs> instead? Actually, we don't oh, have gosh. a picture of Redline, do we? Do we know what he looks like? He got on camera a couple weekends ago, or a couple weeks ago know. on a Friday. He's breaking. He's been a big shrouded mystery for us. Uh, 
until they. Yeah, I caught him on camera on that Friday for a bit. Well, yeah. thanks for that reminder. Before we take off, um, Rain, your assessment on the war. Where are we in this thing? Dude, it's all structure grind. It's going to be pretty dull, though. I think it's going to be... I know Vili was talking about it on Trash Talk Tuesday, and I haven't heard anything from the Imperium side, but it'll be interesting to see if 1DQ can be taken. And I don't mean from the perspective of people just like breaking the server perspective. I think that's kind of like a dumb argument. But more from the perspective of like is you know trying to take the gate from T5Z into 1DQ or shooting jammers and then sinoing in. It'll be interesting to see how that all goes. Okay, let's yeah, defend yourself. You. Well, I think it, it's funny because it's somewhere between really saying it's easy and the Imperium saying it's impossible. So maybe we should just <laughs> make, find a, a middle ground and say, maybe it's just really, really hard. And I keep saying, I think it's going to be very expensive for both sides. And I'm expecting to see a lot of Titans being completely wasted and dying before that thing falls. Because it is not just one DQ, one Keepstar. We're talking... 1DQ, five Keepstars set up with forts and everything. And it's like, it's a horror show to, to, to work that thing, even though it really says that it's easy. Because, yeah. I don't remember him saying it's it. It's costly. Well, to, he, to he, quote, he didn't actually do that. To quote Caleb, Delve has fallen. <laughs> this, this, is, this is true. It's now a demolition derby or something. It's like, uh, today's uh, agenda is take down that Keepstar and that Keepstar and that Keepstar. What's on for tomorrow? Three more keep stars. <laughs> you act like yeah, I was just hanging on your every word. I was just waiting to see what you're going to say next, Caleb. <laughs> just waiting on your every word. To, I'm not allowed to be shit poster on TIS. <laughs> <laughs> you're gonna have you're gonna have to wait until Tuesday, or you're gonna have to actually drop in on us and push to talk on Saturday. Ah, uh, okay, okay. There you go. Yeah, so I, just before we go, Matter yeah. I'm sitting here struggling to answer the same question. Like, what's the, my favorite change? And I actually had to think about it. Uh, I don't know if I could have answered it even being Sorry, I didn't spot. think it was a hard one, but go ahead. Yeah, yeah, well, it's all right. I, uh, this I can. Happened. I, I can, can. So I can Wait, now Wendell answer goes though. first, and then you can. Here's my answer. Here's my answer. The changes to the Kaldari Dreadnoughts, the Phoenix. Bring back the glory of the Phoenix from the flames. The Phoenix is rising again. To rain down, no, not rain chocolate, but to just rain down <laughs> missiles upon the enemy at a feverish pace. There's my favorite change lately. Okay, good. Caleb? Well, I, I will just say, as a veteran, I love it when, when there's these massive hailbacks to something that was discussed almost millennia ago. Um, and formations have actually got posts from at least back to 2004, just saying. That's how long we've been discussing formations in EVE Online. And the fact that the CCP signal has actually brought it to the game is amazing. And I think it's very exciting. I know that it's not massively important, but I suspect it's going to be eventually. There's these small things underneath the hood and things that Hilma said and uh, all that stuff with things like... Uh, collision and occlusion and, and line of sight and all that stuff that they do want to do, but technically they just need to take small steps towards that, right? Yep. Um, and of course, there's uh, the one that I keep banging on about that I'm hoping is actually going to be demonstrated soon, which is the whole spectator mode and the audience uh, stands thing for things like tournaments. I really hope that this is, is about to become a thing 
we have anger games coming up soon and, and there's always tournaments happening. And of course, Rain is a little bit of an expert. I would just love to be able to sit there uh, in the spectator stands and, 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 and look at, at fights and potentially yeah. gamble on them. That's watch just... while she is commentating, right? That would be fantastic. Like live exactly. watch, exactly. Uh, not just on a stream, but in the game, in the client with, with Rain commentating. I think that would be fantastic or whoever the commentator is. Um, yeah. It, have you guys talked about uh, at all, or are you saving it? These uh, quality of life, quality of play changes that they announced. Well, you... we, we did a whole reaction uh, stream earlier. I think okay. it's going to be edited and, and put up, and it will be available on YouTube very soon. Excellent. Um, I, another thing that that I, I think is also worth, worth mentioning when it comes to the spectator mode. I don't know how technically feasible it is. I know that they experimented with putting feed and, and live video feed into the actual game client um so that would potentially mean that we could sit on the spectator stance actually look at a screen and on the actual field and on the screen could be the spectators like rain and Suetonia actually commentating on the action yeah that'd yeah be that would be neat. mind-blowing that would be neat that would be neat yeah uh, nick bison says caleb uh, you could host a market trade show in spectator mode <laughs> I don't think that's a spectator sport, really. It's definitely a blood sport. Blood sport, yeah. <laughs> All right. All right. Well, thanks, everybody, for showing up today. I'd like to thank our guest, uh, Rocket X, and, of course, Rain is here, Rundle, Couture, our uh, guest, because it's St. Patrick's Day uh, today. Token Irish guy. Token yeah. Irish. It happens to me all the time. Uh, and of course, Caleb uh, sitting in with us, even though it's like a super, I don't know, crazy time in Europe, but uh, it's 2 a.m. It's fine. Uh, it's not bad. Thank you guys very much for hold on a second. We're getting a, a last minute message here. Let's see. Okay. It's a message from Snuff. I want to destroy her. Matterall. Tell Rocket. Uh, Anchor a Keepstar in EUTZ and we will fight him at 700. No problem. This game isn't worth alarm clocking for, and we're all too old for that. <laughs> so there it is. Response sure. from Snuff, who's uh, glad that he's watching the show, too. Uh, we'll have Haiwantu on sometime soon, uh, like we had Rocket X on today. Thanks, everybody, for joining us. Uh, we'll find a raid for you, and we will see you tomorrow on Talking in Stations.